You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. And it is week two as we are back and at it. It's the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. We welcome in the entire crew, Josh, Eddie, Bob and myself uh, here for another one after the Sooners uh, get the opener out of the way against Houston when it uh, 48 to 31, 49 to 31. Was they that can't one? kick a remember. field goal. You know that. What was the final? Was 49, 31. 49. You can't okay. kick field goals now. Yeah, that was uh, a bad prediction. 45 to 24. Uh, but first off, I think we have to welcome in the uh, semi hairless Josh McQuistian. Who has already paid off? He didn't allow us to have any fun with this. He really didn't. He was like, "Screw you guys! I'm cutting my hair, and you're not gonna get to be a part of this." Well, I'm not exactly sure how you plan to be a part of that, as there is the whole eight-hour drive between us. I thought you were coming to L.A. Is this your way of saying I, nah? I, I am. I am not going to be in L.A. I really wish that was possible. I will be in Atlanta. So that, we that had makes a bye tricky. week coming right after it. Mm, Could have made yeah. the drive. Bob, I wouldn't go either, man. Josh. I wouldn't want to be out there with those left-wing liberals either. <laughs> and can you imagine that sun on this head now? I mean, That's it's true. bad. It's That's bad. True. So uh, the ozone is dying in California. I mean, it's it's just bad all the way around. I will say this for for a couple of people on Twitter that were like, "Oh, that's not enough." Uh, Josh has a gigantic head, and I cannot imagine how bad it looks. It's awful with it's a buzz really cut. Bad. Like, are it, you? Is your marriage going to survive? Are you gonna wear yeah. a hat the whole whole time? Uh, I I didn't today. I took the girls to school. No hat. I mean, we're. I, I I'm not gonna be afraid of it. Now, what's shocking to me is no one's asked me about it yet. Like, and like for why? anyone that thinks that's not a thing, they're looking at it. They're just not asking the question yet because no, there's no way you don't know what they're doing. Is they're reporting you to the police and they're they're like, we may have a mass shooter on our hands. Please well, it's keep possible. an eye on him. It's possible that there is some um, some concern over neo Nazism. You know, like with the shape. Well, I mean, it's even not with good, even with hair, you'd be you'd fit the demographic, white male. <laughs> yes, exactly. Probably not it's, it's, a great time to be joking about shootings right now. You're the one that brought it up, Carrie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> as, hey, usual, hey. as usual, I'm regretting <laughs> but, the but subjects I bring up on the a, pod. Here's a here's a good segue. What you should do this afternoon, if you haven't eaten lunch, is go to Subway and see if you can get a free free sub out of it. Maybe they'll think you have cancer. <laughs> Subway? Do they have a policy now where they give you a free sub if you have cancer? No, but I know somebody that used to do that. 
I want to thank Eddie for bringing, you know, we were on a very serious topic about school shootings, and Eddie brought levity with cancer. Yeah, I didn't so, say that. Like, I, you know, yeah, I don't think we specified <laughs> the type of shooting. It was uh, just a general mass shooting, I think is what Carrie said. Sure. Sure. You, you're the one that brought up school shooting. So you, you feel that the... the <laughs> you're the one that, who made it dark. Yes, Pulse was very different. You're right, you're right. That, that's my mistake. Uh, I, I think Josh would also like to take this moment to uh, tell people to suck it. While he was wrong about A.D. Miller and uh, Trajan Bridges, although you didn't even fight the fact that they both were on the field at the same time to start the game. My comment was about Theo. I think everybody... Can, it was go about back Theo. It, it was, was about, about Theo. Theo? Yes, yeah, so okay. it was about yeah. Theo. And so that that's where it went wrong. And I, I, I'm i doing the idiot as we speak, and I or, you know, was doing it before the pod started, and I looked at that play. I, I, I want to be honest. I'm a little concerned about some collusion, maybe with some members of the podcast. I don't know. But I feel like A.D. Miller got on the field, made his one catch, and we never saw him again. It feels like there was some there was a swift hand of justice involved here, and I'm a little concerned about it. You think like the coaching staff did this to you? Yes, I I, I think there was someone from on high that was like this asshole needs to be put in place. Well, it'd have and to be Dennis I, Simmons. Dennis Simmons hates you, I guess. It, it mu- I, I guess that's where that. Well, I mean, like we all, Carrie, you have your staff friendship, so clearly now I have mine. Dennis Simmons and I have beef, and I didn't know it. I like it. Uh, the other thing that needs to be pointed out is, uh, look, this is kind of how it goes. We got personally attacked on the message boards over our calling the depth chart bullshit. Uh, and lo and behold, who started at left tackle uh, Sunday? R.J. Proctor. Not Eric Swenson. Was R.J. Proctor listed at all as a left tackle on the depth chart? No. So all you, he wasn't even announced for the pregame with the video board. Nobody believes those either, though. <laughs> I mean, those are. Yeah, but saying that's I've had. Mo- I think I've even told Joe Castiglione one time. I've complained to him before. Well, yeah, they're they're bad about how you know when people are out and they're announced as starters. Like, how bad that looks. It happened last year, I think, with Kenneth Mann. He was, like, in sweatpants, and he's announced as a yeah, starter. Yeah, and he, and I'm like, I'm like, Joe, I understand that there's a need for secrecy, but it looks really bad when you guys can't even announce the starting lineup right, and there's one of the guys is not even suited out. Like, it just looks bad. And he well, agreed, and like, they have to figure a way to fix that. What difference is it going to make 15 minutes before kickoff? Like Houston's going to reinvent the wheel because R.J. Proctor's your starting left tackle. Is I don't even think they notice. I mean, I think that's just a Sooner Sports thing that they've taped from long ago. They don't even know who's starting. They just like, all right. But you would think here's the roster the day before you, you get give clear. someone right. the roster, like to say these are. I mean, I don't know. I, I stick with the uh, like when someone, I'm going to stick with the team on this one. I don't think it matters when someone's it injured. It matters to their parents. They'd like to see their kid. You know, maybe that will be the only game they start. The, you know that year. To see him introduced as a star, that's a big deal to them. And the fact, I mean, they you say that you care about the kids and their families and you know recruiting and all that stuff. Like to me, that's just one of those little things that should matter. Be, I don't know. I guess I just never even pay attention to that. If you're down on the field, there's no yeah, way you would. Because we're eye level with it in the press box. Yeah. No, so. I mean I see the screen. I just kind of tune it out. I think. Right. 
I don't even think it's so much that. It's just you can't do things like that and then get upset when people don't trust your releases, don't trust the things you say. Well, that makes like, sense. You're clearly willing to lie. Well, so why should we trust you about anything? Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know. I don't. It's Listen, not I, a big t- it's not hill a big I want to die on. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a big hill. It's all just I, dumb. I think all we said about the depth chart was is put very little stock into it. Well, we and said, I didn't even say anything on the board either. I said that it was just ridiculous that people. I, I said that my favorite cycle of the depth of the release of the depth chart is you bitch and moan about it, and you being anybody collectively, and then when it does come out, you shit on it. That's, well, that's, we shit that, on it. No, that's that's my favorite cycle of the preseason. But people say, well, we want you to give us the inside info, and then when we tell you that, oh no, we don't think this is right that. Oh, we're hearing R.J. Proctor will start at left tackle. And then they're like, oh, Murdoch has stupid hot takes all the time. Like, no, I told you what you want. It's like well, half that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I tell you what you want, and then, you know, you bitch about it. I don't tell you something, and then you bitch about it. I'm not, I'm not telling you anything anymore. This, this info highway is shut down. That should be great for the site. Thanks. <laughs> uh, that's our new motto. Screw you if you want information. You're just going to bitch about it anyway. Well, I really like the motto that you came up with last week. We said terrible things. that we Or we said regrettable things. I say a lot of regrettable things. And I'm I think trying great, to get better at that. Although, I think it's a great tag for the The pod. person yeah. that I kind of attacked pretty much justified all the things that were said. After the game, there was reports of a certain someone milling around on the field. Oh, the Tony lady? Mm -hmm. She's a crazy bitch, man. Crazy. Crazy. I'll just abstain. I'll let you handle that this week. I mean... I'm just glad I haven't had to deal with it in my mentions. I'm saying what everybody else says behind her back, so that's fine. She was at the game? Oh, yeah. she, She came all the way to the game, and she was... Like milling around the locker rooms and stuff, and the on not the like field. the locker room, but she was on, on the field, the field after while the game. people were doing their stand-ups. That's what I was told by uh, some TV friends. Like I'm, was... I'm starting to become worried for Jalen Hurts' safety. She she was just soaking up the majesty of the night, a big historic win against Houston. Well, it was historic. What did you? Uh, I, I guess we should start with Josh and what. He thought about the game because he wasn't on the post-game podcast. Yeah. We were going to give you a call, but it was like one forty-five in the morning. Yeah, we, we figured, figured that you, you wouldn't want to do that. You were okay with missing. Guys, I will almost always go with you. That one, I was like, yep, I'm not upset that wasn't. I wasn't part of that one. On, that, a, that was, on a Monday morning. That was like the West Virginia one last year. I was like, nope, I'm good. I don't have to be, I don't have to be in on that. Oh, that um, was not a fun trip on the way back yeah, anyway. That seemed awful. Um, no, as far as the game, you know, the thing I came away with, and Eddie, I, I saw you tweeted out some stats from, um, I don't, I, I would like to give the Twitter account, is like Sports Analytics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, some, from the, uh, this afternoon or this morning, yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I thought, I, I was kind of surprised that there was such unanimous, oh, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma, it's just a match made in heaven, it's perfect. I'm like, and I said it in the report card after the game. He didn't do a lot. There wasn't a lot asked of him. Like, I don't mean like he wasn't good. He was very good at the things they were having him do. 
there just wasn't a lot of variety to it. It was sure. very like, you know, this this works. We're going to keep doing this, and that's fine. I get it. No, there's no reason to open up more of the playbook if you don't have to. But I, I wasn't drawing like a full conclusion. Like I saw stuff. Now he's like in the first round in a couple of mock drafts. I'm like, yeah, let's I've slow down a little bit. Like that that just seems a little extreme. Now on the flip side of the coin. I was really surprised how negative some of the reviews of the defense came out. I, I thought for almost three quarters they played really good football. Um, I mean, not like Alabama or Clemson, but far better than what we've become accustomed to seeing. And that's a group learning a new defense, doing it for the first time against a, a different, you know, somebody in a different uniform. There was a lot I came away with feeling really positive about. I thought Kenneth Murray looked like a star. Ronnie Perkins may actually be the guy I think he is. And Neville Gallimore looked better than maybe any point in his career. So I, I, I don't really understand the negativity. Don't get me wrong. That defense has problems. and There's things we're going to have to work through all year. But I saw more positives from a first game than I can think of really at any point last season, maybe since the Ohio State game in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest noticeable difference is just as a defense was pursuit to the football. I mean, that was that was the biggest. Like when you're up in the press box and you see you see the whole field, you see areas when they open up. Like you see when there's a giant hole and if guys are being blocked and if a if a ball carrier just gets past this one guy. He looks like he's going to go the whole... But it, there were times when it looked like the ball carrier had wide open spaces and that that wide open space just closed quickly. Not just because of one person, but because of three or four people. And that was, to me, when it was going well, other than, you know, getting a lot of pressure and tackles for loss and, uh, you know, getting pressure up front. Like, But that was the biggest difference to me is that guys closed, guys ran to the football... Uh, and at times we saw flashes of dominance from that defense, especially Kenneth Murray. And he set the tone right out the gate with that first drive, with the hort, the 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 clothesline, and that's just something we didn't see last year from him or from anyone on on the defense being able to attack in in that way and let people know this is going to be different. And again, what we look at is 220 yards and 17 points through three quarters, and then the fourth quarter was a mess that Alex Grinch fully admit it was his fault for the way that he tried to coach it, whether it was not focusing enough on the run because Houston kept running, whether it was because he kept using a lot of young kids. He said he used 26 defensive players, which is something we just don't see a lot, which we we haven't seen last couple of years. But if you do that, you're going to take some some lumps, and that's what happened during the fourth quarter. What did you guys think about that comment by Grinch? Obviously, you were there. You heard the whole thing live. I thought that was – I mean, like, I understand what he's saying. Like, I, I thought they were going to go through the air, and I kind of was living on that. But at the same time, he's kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, because if he does, okay, we're going to adjust. We're going to start doing run fits. We're, we're going to get more serious about stopping, you know, this run game for Houston – well, then you're going man outside, and then you really can get hit over the top. Like, I, it seemed like Houston kind of did Oklahoma a favor. You know, like, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're going to eat up all this clock. Well, that's cool. You're moving the ball, but you're also not going to be – there's not going to be enough time for you to play this game and win this game. I I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Derek King uh, in terms of throwing a ball down the field. I don't know how – Talented he is at uh, talented he is at that, but 
Dana Holgerson's not a dummy. I mean, he knows what his players can and can't do. I just kind of think that he, I mean, they have some good receivers, but I just, I don't know that he feels like De'Eric King is the guy to just drop back and throw. I mean, he's had Will Greer. He's had um, Geno Smith. I mean, sure. De'Eric King is not those type, he's not that type of a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I will say, I think the Stevenson kid, other than probably Tylen Wallace and, you know, if OU gets the playoff, that's the best receiver they'll see all year. I thought he was really good. And that was the first guy that Kenneth Murray manhandled. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That play, and, and, you know, I I know um, it got some some run on Twitter uh, about, you know, De'Eric King not realizing how fast Kenneth Murray was and that sort of thing. Derek Derek King is a guy I covered in high school. That dude can really, really run. And the way Murray tracked him down was that ridiculous. I I knew what a good athlete he was, but that surprised even me. That was probably the most surprising part of that game, wasn't it? Just, just the not. And I don't want to say emergence of Kenneth Murray, but I mean that guy looked like that guy looked like the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he did. He looked. I mean, you you put that on film eleven more times in the regular season. He's going to be a Buckus finalist. Yeah, that's what he said. He's going to be in Florida. Yeah, well, exactly and, right. and I will say this. Uh, for everything that they tried to do with Kenneth Murray, as we talked about in the preseason and why we we're so hesitant about him being the, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year at the end of the year is because he's a guy that has looked lost at times. Even though he has a, it's obvious he has a tremendous amount of ability, it's clear that Brian Odom has found some buttons to push uh, with Kenneth Murray, and he talked a little bit about that this week. It's about the connection that we have, to be honest. Um, you know, that guy, um, he's he, he he truly is the best. I mean, he truly cares for you on and off the field. Um, and as far as just the preparation that me and him go through throughout the week, um, it's a lot. Um, and, you know, but it's what's required to be the best. And I think um, when you got a coach who has that same mentality of trying to be the best, um, you know, going out there, trying to trying to play with a chip on your shoulder, trying to coach with a chip on your shoulder, um, then, you know, you get results. And so um, Coach Olam has done a phenomenal job preparing me, um, getting me ready, um, and, you know, just letting me know that, you know, you know, I've earned my right to be confident. I earned my right to be, you know, what I am because I went out there and prepared for it. So um, you got to go out there and just, just prove it on Sunday. And see, to me, this is just internally the biggest change with Kenneth Murray is – I don't know how you guys felt about like Kenneth Murray last year, you know, when he was at Big 12 Media Days and he was on the podium like and I don't mean this in a negative way. It's it's more to explain my point. He always seemed like uh and it was everybody on defense. It wasn't just him, but like he was a fake captain. Does that make sense when no, I just I, say I it was, that way? I was going to try and translate what he just said as far as it almost seems like yeah, Kish told me I was really good, and I kind of believed I was good, but now I really believe that I'm good because somebody like Brian Odom's telling me. I mean, kind, well, yeah, it's kind like, of like that. And the reason I say he was a fake captain is because he wasn't out there leading that defense sure. with his performance. Yeah. He was just saying, you know, okay, I'm trying to lead this group of ragtag you know, players that we know we're not really that good yet, but we're trying to be good. We don't know how to be good. Uh, we're just kind of trying not to get yelled at every day and, and you know, and trying and, to do the not the bare minimum. We're but. trying to learn how to play, you know, 50 different defenses and who knows what we're. And that's one thing that Alice Grinch said this week, which was kind of interesting. And, you know, you kind of take everything that said as a shot at the former 
defense that's just kind of natural. But you know, he basically said, look, we have a defense that we've been working on for seven months now. And now that game week is here, it's still the same defense. We're not going to give them a new defense on Tuesday of game week. And I and he said, I've been places before. I assume he was talking about Ohio State where that happened. I, I mean, maybe that was like how Greg Schiano did it. it more like, of a professional mindset. Almost? Like, yeah, he would come up with, you know, OK, this is the team we're playing. So this is how we're going to have to play them on defense. But, you know, he explained it as we're not changing anything. We'll have some wrinkles here and there, but these guys know our defense now. They've spent seven months figuring it out. Sure. And I, I just think that that is, you know, there's so many really interesting things about the way that they talk about uh, the defense and how they're trying to build consistency. It's 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 just almost... I, I, other Other than saying it's night and day difference, like I can't explain it anymore about how... I don't know, and it's easy to say it when everything's new and everybody's still, you know, in that learning stage of or infancy stage of 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 getting used to the Alex Grinch's system and the coaches and everything that goes into it. And they haven't failed yet, obviously, but it's just like, oh my god! I mean, how incompetent was this ship uh, last couple seasons? And not and not incompetent, but just like 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 what the f- what was going on? Josh, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> Carrie, you don't want to touch that topic? No, I'm just trying to hit the mark button where the F-bomb was. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and that was the thing. Like, I mean, when you talk about Kenneth Murray, you talk about Neville Gallimore, it just looked like guys that had been, you know, I don't, I don't know of a better way to say it than just kind of cut loose. Like, we're just going to... We're just going to do what we're going to chase the ball. We're going to be active. Like we're going to be aggressive. It didn't look like, oh man, this is some new thing that we've never seen before. It just looked like a bunch of guys that weren't thinking as much. Well, like, how many just times didn't have? How many times can you be told, okay, do this, and then it doesn't work, and then they come back to you and say, okay, do this, and it doesn't work before you're kind of like, I'm, I'm tell, I'm tired of listening to you to tell you. Know, I'm tired of listening to you. Tell me what to do because I don't think it's going to work because nothing else has worked. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, and that's one of those things where, you know, you hear coaches all the time, well, you got to trust the guy next to you is going to do what he's supposed to do. Well, if what I'm doing and I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and it's not working, well, then why do I trust the guy to my left or right that it's going to work for him too? Like, I mean, so you just end up in this whole question of, well, I've just got to go out there and, you know, solve everybody's problems, and that you got you've got guys trying to do too much. And I think that's where Kenneth Mann was. I mean, Kenneth Murray was. Uh, God, we need Kenneth Mann to get healthy, so I stop thinking about him so much. Uh, but I think that's where Kenneth Murray was. He was like not only trying to cover up for himself, but trying to cover up for everybody else. And now the big change that I've seen, the point I was trying to make is like Kenneth Murray actually is sitting there talking about. this is what I want for myself. Like I want to be dominant. I want to win a butt kiss. I want people to turn on the tape and say, Holy shit. You know, look at this guy. It's almost like he was told it's okay to be a little selfish at the same time as like, I I think part of it, you can be a little bit, you can be a little selfish and still be for the team. If that makes sense. Well, here's uh, Alex Grinch kind of talking along those lines. I don't want you to think I'm putting anything that happened in the past on you, but like Kenneth Murray is always, he was forced into a leadership position early in his career. Um, and he always seemed to 
embrace the team part of it. But we talked to him now. He he mentions personal goals like he never has before. That he wants to be known. You know, as he, I think he said, when you turn on the tape, I want you to say, "Oh crap!" When you when you see him, he wants to be considered a Butkus, you know, uh-huh. candidate. Do you like that? That he's he does you know he is setting goals that are as high as you can get. That he's chasing those kind of things. I, I do, and I, I think you, you you earn the right to set those goals. Again, it's all it's all it's, it's one thing to say. It's another thing to, to obviously put the work in so that you can achieve them, and then ultimately put put the film together on Saturdays to do it. But um, again, I, I think. He's, I think he's earned that right. I think he works his tail off around this building. Um, he's, you know, since the minute we stepped on campus, it, you know, with him and Coach Odom, again, you got to give Coach Odom tons, tons of credit for the work that he's done with him um, in the meeting room. Uh, again, we can we call it simple. Seven months later, we don't call it simple day one, you know. And so he uh, um, has, has embraced the coaching. Uh, again, he has a unique skill set, you know. So I give him ample amounts of credit, you know, for the skill set that he possesses. Um, and then uh, I think the the want to element of things. I think and and it, it, it's time. It's time for him to be that guy. It's time for him to be that guy. And we're we're dying as a defense to have more more guys like that. And so we'll, we'll if we don't have two, we'll take one. And I certainly think we have more than one. But uh, um, that that number's got to obviously continue to increase. And I, I'm being date. I'm dating myself. I'm not being an old Eddie. But it's like they're Stuart Smalling. I'll clarify him. this. They're Stuart Smalling him. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like like me. Should I know who that is? Saturday Night Live. You don't know any pop culture, so no. Well, that's early '90s pop culture. Oh, I was less than like eight years old. The one that made famous was Michael uh, Michael Jordan, kind of laughing his his way through it all. Of course, you think that's what made it famous, Bob. Of course. It is. Yeah, I don't remember Michael Jordan ever being on Stuart Smalley. He's like, I do. He's like laughing the entire time he had to do it. Yeah, he, he couldn't keep a straight face looking at the mirror. Oh, I know who that is. But it is like, it, I, I mean, it's him. it's like self-help. I mean, for, for Kenneth Murray, it's like, okay, you are good enough. You can you can be our star. Basically, they know, like, th- that's the thing about this defense. Like, we've been saying this forever, like, When's the last time you saw a dominant player on the defensive side of the ball? Like, Baker Mayfield became the face of Oklahoma football, the face of the offense, all that stuff. They need someone on defense to be that guy, and damn, Kenneth Murray looks like a potential superstar that you can finally point to and say, okay, they finally got one of those guys on defense. It wasn't about the way that he played either, in a way that, for me, I thought it was just, and I guess it was the way he played, but... Like he was violent, seemed like he was everywhere. It's yeah. Like exactly what you want a middle yeah. linebacker to be. I just I don't know. I was I was so impressed with how he played, and I almost wonder like, and I forgot to ask him. I'll have to ask him next week because I'm sure we'll talk to him again. But I wonder how much it helps not having that cowboy collar on because he talked about like his vision and being able to see better a little through the preseason. And obviously, I mean, it's not all of it, but. It's a. It certainly maybe plays a small part. Maybe he can get a special spatting color for his his oh, shoes. You, you don't don't bring that up. Eddie's uh, latest not video. Part of the team. Eddie's latest video. I mean, if you have a problem with that, you need to stop attending games. You need this to stop is, living in our society. See, like I, it's it's funny that you exaggerate it so. 
But this is part of the problem of... Oh, it's a very small minority. Yeah, it's a part of the problem of, of Twitter and the yeah. internet. It just... Well, you always got to remind yourself, there's only 15% of the world is on Twitter. But 15. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like... And very small, very minute amount ma- of people. The majority of people on there are so extreme in their sure. opinions or their... I just, think this was on Instagram, Just, I mean, it's it's because you got guys with 15 followers that want some attention. Yeah. And they just no, say the craziest shit. I think this and person I, like, though was pretty sane. I do think I do think there are people that are triggered because Jalen Hurts had bright red spat, you know, spatting on his shoes, and that isn't part of the uniform. But you know what? Die, you know, just die. Wow, you said Eddie was extreme. I <laughs> you know. Just, I mean, if you're really upset about that, you shouldn't be on this earth anymore because you're going to have a really hard time. You're better off being dead. Well, and, and I can't remember if Eddie said it or if it was somebody that replied to Eddie's thing. These are the same people that thought Joe Washington was the greatest guy that ever lived. Yeah, because the silver shoes. W- was silver damn shoes. And, c- like, and celebrate him to this day. Exactly. Like, you you can't have... It, it's just... you. I mean, I hate to steal it. You're old, and you don't like things that change. That's understandable. I'm sure I'll get there someday, too. But, like... Except that they do. It's okay. Jalen Hurts wearing a bunch of spat on his shoes doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. It's just a strange thing to be. Like I'll be honest. I saw it. I thought, man, that's cool. Like I thought it was yeah, really cool. Yeah, I thought it looked yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I thought it was really cool. I did. I thought it was cool. I'm, I'm not much of a fan of it, but that's neither here nor there. If he had, you just if it, draped if, yourself in it all day if it would have been white, <laughs> If it would have been white, I think it would have been okay with it. Maybe cream color? Just that, yeah, just the color red. I'm not that big of a fan of just a personal opinion. That's kind of cardinal red. Houston, I, I, I guess it's just, <laughs> I guess it's because I just grew up, you know, an OU fan and stuff. But like, like Houston's red, that's an effeminate red to me. Like it's too bright. I don't like it. It's yeah, too I don't bright. like it. Yeah, I don't like a bright red. I kind of, I mean, Nebraska's really towing the line. That's They're a in classic that same look, though. It's like that's kinda. Nebraska. Yeah, you know, it does but like Nebraska when they the same wore emotion. the when they wore the red pants in the nineties. I did not like it. Oh, I kind of like the red pants and the white jersey. What do they wear now? Well, no, when they wore red, they started wearing red pants and red tops. Oh, I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, no, all. red on red. Yeah, no, but the red have, pants and the white tops that was a good classic. People look. have always wanted OU to go like the. Uh, Oh, what's it called? Wood grain yeah. with like the red on red, basically. Red on red. Yeah, I don't that might see that. be the worst look Oklahoma's ever put on the field. I, I, don't I, I see hate that. it. I'm, and I might be an old for saying that, but it is so so bad. Like the white on white, I think everybody agrees the white on white's the best uniform OU has. Yeah, that's. I think that's universal. That always has been. And in like Texas fans love their white on white. White on white's just a really good looking uniform for anybody. I don't know anybody that... Well, South Florida is pretty disgusting. They're white on white. I don't know if <laughs> I like I'm not like sure the, I know that one. <laughs> it, well, it's, no, just, it's just with it's the... Just, it kind of has like green down the sides and then the... Uh, the helmet's the not gold good. helmet. Yeah, like, you got to like, have a clean helmet if you're white on the white. The Notre Dame uniform that they wore on uh, Monday night in Louisville. Uh-huh. The white with the yeah, gold pants. I respect that that's, uniform. I mean, that's just a traditional... That's a badass look. Penn See, State's, now I think you've got... That's like, the Catholic it, in you probably... Probably. <laughs> and I told the priest one time that I would promise to like, always like the Notre Dame uniform. Oh, God. I'm glad that's what you told the priest. You've got to have it. distinct colors it, it if you're going to do the non-white. <laughs> what? Oh, my Lord. 
I said, you've got to have a distinct way, color if it's Diocese. the non-white. Yeah. Because, I, like, like UCLA, the powder blue, it's awesome. That's no, a great that, look. No, it's a, it's that's, a cool that's look. That's sure. LSU's, I mean, their uniforms, I've always yeah, loved their LSU's uniforms. LSU's is good. Yep. Um, you know, like Michigan, like they don't, I don't love yeah. their white. I love their blue with the helmet, the helmet all, yeah. that, that works. Yeah. But yeah, generally I'm with you. Generally the white uniforms, I never really thought about it, but uh, yeah, that generally is local. And you know, white. whose uniforms I've always had an appreciation for one Kansas state and, and the other Iowa, just because basically Bill Snyder stole the K state uniforms from Iowa and just made it. I guess I've never really thought about that. <laughs> Well, yeah, the the Hawkeye he redid uh, in in the or the Wildcat. Mm-hmm. He had someone draw it up using the Hawkeye as the basis. I didn't know that. that. Yeah, that's I mean, I how old that Bill Snyder was. He created Kansas State University's logo. Yeah, he did. When he got there, he oh. wanted to he wanted to reimagine God. their uniforms. The the other side of that is... that's how detailed he was. He he put his hand in every single thing. You know that Bill Snyder was so old, he wanted to emulate Iowa football. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to realize that was <laughs> in the eighties when no, he took no, over. That's a good line, Josh. I, I mean, I get it. Like they were great then, but like, like you can't you can't imagine going to kid now and be like, listen, our uniforms next year are going to be unbelievable. We're going off Iowa, really? Like, like that's that's going to set somebody's hair on fire. You think the clock's ticking? He's going to die. Oh yeah. Oh God! Oh, I coach think like everybody. That, I mean, that's why ticking. he's kept the job as long as he had because Just I think keep him going. People know that that's what's kept him going. Like, well, that'll be a sad day. As much, that'll be as terrible. much hell as I give him. It'll be terrible. It'll be a sad day. Yeah, you don't have to give him hell anymore. He's done. Just leave the man in peace. He has. Could be worse. No, I don't even know if Kansas State has a program. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I know they do, but it's just like ugh, I don't know. I think they're at. A little bit of a crossroads. I do like that coach that they have up there climbing. Yeah, I like. I, like, I think he'll do a good job. I, there. I, I want to see. It's a, it's a I mean, perfect not, fit, isn't it, Josh? I I really think it is because he's the same model as Snyder. Sure. Like I'm not going to bother to recruit the guys that I'll never get. I know the kind of guys I can get. I know what fits my program. I'm going to do. I'm going to get those guys. Look what I mean. Look what they were doing where he was. Well, it had far less resources than he has now. All right, uh, guys, want to uh, welcome back SeatGeek is uh, one of our main sponsors this year for the unofficial 40. Uh, for you guys that haven't used it, SeatGeek has been with uh, Rivals.com for a very long time. Uh, they do a great job uh, with uh, uh, you know Rivals and, and, and with people looking for tickets. And just looking at the South Dakota game, I mean, like we talked about, it's on pay-per-view. I know it's an issue with some people, uh, but guess what? You can go on SeatGeek right now and get a couple of tickets and still pay less than you would for the pay-per-view game. I, I, there's $24 seats. I even found a seat uh, in the lower bowl, uh, section 35, row 44, $27. It's rated at a 9.6 amazing deal. You can get all this stuff, too. You just need to go to the SeatGeek. Uh, go to SeatGeek.com or go to the Apple iTunes store. Uh, or the Google Play Store and look up SeatGeek and get the app on your phone. It's a really cool app. I know, Eddie, you used it. Just uh, used it a couple weeks ago. For the Cubs ago. game. Yeah, just used it a couple weeks ago. It's incredibly easy. And I was kind of worried that, uh, you know, how to get the tickets, how to actually get them in my hand, and if they were going to be cool. You know, you don't want to go up to the ticket. Booth, right on your phone. Right on my phone. Barcode right there. Boom. Right there. Didn't have to worry about anything. Uh, had great seats as well. And, uh, I mean, even though the Cubs you got their ass seats. kicked. 
they were great seats. And it was a lot of fun. Was that what the score was? Uh, something like that. Did you but get to see any time. cup snakes while you were there? Uh, no, I think that was during the height of the cup snake, anti-cup snake. But hopefully, uh, I don't the know. It was, friends, it was a Friday afternoon. The Andy friends have really been after the cup snakes this year, haven't they? I know. It's uh, it's not good. It's have not you good. ever gotten a fight with the Andy friend in a cup snake? I don't think so. I've only sat in the bleachers a couple times, but it was an incredibly easy process, and uh, the family had a good time uh, at the Fredland Confines. So it's it's as easy as you think it is. Did you use the uh, code SCOOP and get $20 off? I did. It was incredibly impressive. You bastard. Uh, so I'm sure SeatGeek will be happy to know that uh, they pay us to I'm advertise just a normal that we person. still uh, use of their code. So, yeah, you can save 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek order, too. Just use the uh, promotional code SCOOP. Put that in at the checkout, and you get $20 off your first code. So thanks to SeatGeek. Uh, check it out, folks. Also, uh, a link on our website. Go to the Crimson Corner right there at the top. Click on SeatGeek and uh, get your tickets. Uh, okay, I want to uh, let's jump back into the offensive side of the ball. I think you know talking about Kenneth Murray and the defense. Um, regardless of what's going to happen this weekend, we got to talk more about that uh, in the com- level of competition. But uh, coming out of uh, out of the Houston game, I think a lot of people's uh, questions are okay. Uh, how is the health of Oklahoma after all this? Yeah, injury front, we did well. Nothing, some normal bumps and bruises, but nothing nothing uh, with anybody out for an extended time. Uh, so that part was positive. Uh, uh, yeah, Dylan Fomital, we expect to have him back this week. He was really close. Probably could have played him uh, the other night, um, but separated some there early, and, and uh, so we didn't feel the need. Uh, Kenneth Mann also very close. Uh, wasn't wasn't an option to play the other night, but is 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 you know it's not it's not weeks away now. You know it's it's a matter of days. So ho- hoping to get him back here as soon as we can. But we're getting we're getting pretty close with him. So he's made good progress. Um, second part of that. Oh yeah, the personnel. Uh, uh, we moved Jaquelin Crawford to, to corner, which I think is was already out there. I think we already had him listed that way. Um, not really anything else personnel-wise. We played, we played a lot of guys. You know, the other night we played, you know, just the six offensive linemen, but obviously played a ton of different skill guys offensively. Uh, I think we played 26 players defensively. Uh, so we got to look at a lot of guys, and you know, I'm not saying rotations won't won't continue to evolve. They certainly will, uh, based on performance as as we go on. But uh, you know, we are. We are going to continue to, to, to look at guys and continue to play a bunch, especially with the number of young slash new players uh, that we're playing with right now. We got to continue to develop those guys and evolve and continue to find our best our best group that we can put out there. And there was one guy that uh, Lincoln circled back on. He left out on the injury report. Yep, he, uh, TJ Pledger did. I'm sorry, I forgot about that one. Uh, TJ Pledger had an injury. Happened in practice last week. Had a hand injury. Uh, did have to have a minor surgery. We do expect him back this season. Oh, by the way, <laughs> God, so secretive. I think he really just. No, forgot. I think he did, but it's just like if nobody would have asked about it, you know, he would. It just would have like he would have let it go. That was my question, but by the time I got called that over, over to being asked, so I asked something different. That, so, that was my but first I mean, question. The, the, the rule we imp- pushed for got us in the end. But the most important thing was that he will be back this season. Right? Yes, yes, it was. So it's not a season-ending. Ind- Injury and you know, because you couldn't tell by the Instagram post. No, I mean it looked terrible. I mean, <laughs> it, I thought he broke his arm. I mean, when I did you just too. initially look at it. Yeah, he must have got his uh, hand caught 
in a face mask or something. Yeah. You know, got smashed or I have no idea. It's complete and guess. And he wouldn't on my part. take the pineapple after practice and Tiffany Bird stuck Tiff, his hand Tiff in a blender. You'll eat this pineapple <laughs> and you will like it. So uh but you know, Jaqueline Crawford, that was the first uh acknowledgement that he'd switch positions publicly by Lincoln Riley. Which meant Ty DeArmond had to change his jersey. Yeah, they had to do all kinds of jersey switches yep. in the game. It was weird. Um, and they had to keep announcing. I did like how, like, the, that whoever the head referee was for the AAC, like, you couldn't understand him in the press box. But did you see the thing that uh, Toby Rowland did on uh, the broadcast? It was pretty good. Uh, the 1930s reporter? Yeah, I saw goes, that this extra, morning. Extra, extra, extra. Yeah. That was pretty good. What was in it? What was in reference to? I didn't because catch he that. sounded like he, he sounded. was trying to sell papers out oh, of the street. Oh, did he? Corner. I didn't yeah. even. Okay, I didn't even notice it. I, I, mean, I he did had see such that, a weird old timey voice. Yeah, and it wasn't like Scoops Callahan old timey. It was just weird. It was like World War Two radio reel from Tokyo. I mean, it was like <laughs> it was like the you know the matinee session and the movie news that they would have. He should do every fourth quarter of blowouts with that voice. <laughs> So kudos to you, Toby Rowland. That was pretty good stuff. And I promise. Love it. I will start taking headphones to the game. I've made that promise before. He called me out because I didn't listen to the radio broadcast. He say something that you were supposed to catch on and uh, I don't like, know. Oh, just completely didn't. Yeah, probably. He probably dropped something in there. I would I would take headphones if I could get uh, reception down there on the field. But I guess you can, can't you? It's, Isn't there a thing that you can? Yeah, there's in stadium mm-hmm. transmitter. Because the Wi-Fi still sucks, unless I just have no idea what I was doing. I had mixed reports on that. I mean, a lot of people said it some was people fine. Did. Some people yeah. said it was great. Some people said it was great. I think it was maybe how close you were to paying good money for your seats. <laughs> the closer you are to, like, the field or whatever. The <laughs> Well, I mean, I was on the field, so I guess that wouldn't be it. Closer to the uh, donor sections is, yeah. like, better vibes. Or, That's uh, where the most better, the better frequency. Points. They, like, spread out the access point to where it reaches more people near the club section. I want to put it past them. Well, I would, if I were paying extra for seats, I would hope that that was the case. Keep the pores off my Wi-Fi. Well, that's true. Okay, so uh, outside of that, offensively, I mean, Jalen Hurts, bell of the ball. You couldn't turn on ESPN on Monday. Like you said, I think Josh brought this up. Some I, I think there's one mock draft that had him the third pick taken. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I mean, in the draft. Like, it is such overreaction. That's, that might be a little hot, hot take, take central. Lava take. Uh, Listen, he was good, but I agree with Josh. I mean, I need to see him make a third and 13 in the Cotton yeah. Bowl with your, you know, backed up in the Texas end zone for me to say, okay, this guy can go win a national championship. Really? I mean, and, and that's unfair. I'm but, not being a jerk here, but. Essentially, he made one throw down the field that he had to make to yep. CeeDee Lamb. That's it. Yeah, and he missed one to CeeDee Lamb as well. He tried some back shoulders, the one to Nick Basquin uh, that was incomplete, which wasn't a poor throw. Well, you had the one where he turned Lamb around and interference. Oh, that one that, was bad. That, that wasn't interference. That was interference. only real bad. Yeah, though. that was a bad It was, was bad Lamb one. having to fight through a defensive back to get to, ball, to get to a ball that was really poorly thrown. But I don't know. I mean, Josh, you brought that up. I mean, was there, outside of the Lamb touchdown throw, was there one throw where you were just kind of like, oh, okay, I see Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 
you know, and he did. He had some nice throws, but they were all very like the timing was good, that kind of thing. But they weren't big league throws like you'd see a couple from Kyler and Baker over the last few years where they they just kind of wow you with one throw or another during the game. But I, you know, to be fair, he wasn't playing a great defense. There wasn't a lot of tight coverage. He was making the throws he had to make. He didn't do anything wrong. I, I don't want this to come off as a knock on him because that's not what I'm saying. It's just there are things that haven't been answered yet. You just don't know. Because like I said, that Eddie put up that stat where his throws outside the hashes, it was a marked difference both in number and the success rate. Like It was very, very different when he had to get wide and throw some outs and some stuff that was outside. So, you know, and like I said, I, I get why Oklahoma did what they did. They were probably just trying to get him comfortable, letting him run through the offense and kind of figuring out what the offense is going to be. So, like I said, that's all okay. What I will say, and I, you know, I'm, like I said, kind of working on the, the idiot, uh, for this week, uh, for, you know, for the listeners that don't know, I go back each week and kind of review the game. Some weeks it's a little more in depth than others, but always go back and just try to find things that I think are interesting as I go back through the game. The one that I think is incredibly cool is they've got him doing this draw read where he, he's, he's, it's a run pass, or at least it looks like it. I don't know if it's an actual read or not, but they've got this read action. And as, uh, Trey Sermon goes across his face, he keeps the ball and he's watching Nick Basquin, uh, no, excuse me, Jaden Hazelwood go from the outside across the middle of the field on a drag route, like five yard drag. No big deal. Marquise Hayes is clearly reading him, and as soon as Hazelwood goes across his face, he gets upfield, and he becomes basically a lead blocker for Jalen Hurts because the second that Hazelwood does it, Jalen Hurts is doing the same thing. He's getting north and south. Now, the play that I saw didn't result in a lot, but I think there was one later in the game that did end up being a big play. So, like I said, I, I think some of that stuff is just really cool in the way that Lincoln Riley is kind of creating ways for Oklahoma to still do the things they've done, but put some wrinkles in it that make sense for Jalen Hurts. I don't hand out compliments to ESPN very often, but uh, I think Dan Orlovsky. Orlovsky, yeah. Orlovsky, uh, I think he broke some of those plays down. The play that, that did play, work that Josh is talking about? Yeah, he broke that one down. Pretty, really okay. pretty cool stuff. I think he does a really the good job. The thing about Lincoln that always impresses me is like he gets into the mind of a defense. Like... If you just drew that stuff up on a sandlot, like you're like you're thinking, well, you don't have enough time to do all that crap, like the misdirection and like the the play that Orlovsky broke down, he literally it was like a option counter. I mean, it was so bizarre. Like he did the deal where uh, Trey Sermon, whoever it was, crossed his face. It might have been a jet sweep. I can't remember. Uh, so the direction flows left, and then you still have a tailback. So it might have been Jeremiah Hall, but I'd have to go back and look at it. And then it looks like he's running the option to the right. And he literally takes two steps as an option quarterback, plants, and then changes direction again and goes back. And they have flooded the right side of the field with receivers going deep. And so he runs that option to the right side, plants, comes back to his left, and there's nobody there. I wonder, and I think that was his that was his real big run. Of the I wonder game. how much of uh, that stuff with you know working with offensive linemen, reading linebackers and safeties and stuff like that. I wonder how much uh, that's Bill Beatenbow 
a his, lot of it is his influence as far as we can do this, we can do that. Yeah, a lot of stuff in the run game is Bill Beanbow coming up with with a lot of that stuff. And I mean, like the counters and the way they pull offensive linemen, like that's all Bill. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Those two are, you know, obviously Lincoln Riley, the defense coordinator, is going to get a lot of the credit. But uh, I think those two together has have been just about of as good of a marriage yeah. as it, it it's been amazing. Be. Uh, okay, so you know one thing that comes out of this is all the the hype and the the Heisman talk now, and in in Vegas, uh, in, in one sports book now Jalen Hurts is right there with Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tavailoga. I can never say his name unless I'm looking at it. Uh, Crushed it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as as equals as favorites, all to win the Heisman Trophy, which is you know it's ridiculous after one game to think that things change that much, but that's the way it works. And as we said before, Vegas is there to take bets, not to predict a winner all the time. So, um, all this stuff is happening, and Lincoln was asked about kind of how he handles it with uh, Jalen Hurts, and we know like in the post game interview. Everybody was like, why won't he just smile and enjoy it and say it was a good victory and he played great and he's really happy. And he even used the rat poison line in his own press conference uh, that Nick Saban made famous last year. Uh, and here's Lincoln talking about kind of Jalen's personality and how he handles all this hype with him. Uh, as far as the individual guys, I mean, I think it, it depends on the, the individual player. You know, they all handled that stuff a little bit differently, you know. I think J Jalen handles it probably a little bit more like Kyler did. He doesn't really care, you know. I don't know that he probably even knows. Um, I, I don't think it bothers him. And he's probably even more than the other two. Not probably, definitely. He's he's had a lot more of that to deal with, you know, in his career up to this point. So I, I don't – I think he could absolutely care less about any of that. No, he's He's focused on one thing right now, which is where his mind needs to be. And I mean, it's just that week. I mean, you're playing South Dakota. Uh, if you know, if it's a if if you're talking about a letdown week, and you just beat Houston, everybody in the world is talking about how you've uh, legitimized yourself. You're thinking of yourself right there with Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and whoever. On Jalen Hurts, I have. A conspiracy oh, and then gosh. a question. I'm curious about this. Well, the conspiracy is kind of out there. I don't think it's anything new. But supposedly, uh, I, I I haven't gone back and watched the game. I plan to do it Double maybe agent. this afternoon. But no, uh, his dad was interviewed during it by Holly Rowe. Josh, did, did you happen to catch that? I did. I did, yeah. Was it as awkward as people have made it out to be? It was... It She just let it go too long. Like, they clearly were trying to fill airtime... And you could tell he wasn't invested in the conversation. And right. Like, He's trying to watch the game. Like, yeah. Like, and he wasn't rude or anything like that. It was just kind of like, uh, okay, yeah, you know, oh, Jalen has done this. And, you know, we feel like that, you know, it was, he was just very textbook answers. And she gave him the length of time, like she was interviewing Baker Mayfield. Like he was mm. giving her great stuff. And you're like, at some point, you're like, okay, this isn't really working. Let's just cut away from this. It's run its course. This isn't the Women's yeah. College World Series. This is real football. You're not talking to... Uh... <laughs> Can you think of one softball player's name, please? No, I mean, I could think of... I was going to think of somebody other than off the OU team. Uh, not talking to Michelle Rodriguez's uh, mother. I just made that name up. <laughs> uh, all right, back to my conspiracy before I get myself in trouble. 
I think the more you listen to Jalen Hurts, and he would never come out and say this. I don't even think his dad would come out and say it, but I kind of think it's along the same lines of thinking that they are basically have made this year into Nick Saban took the ball out of my son's hands or took the ball out of my hands. I'm going to prove to the world that I can throw the football. Is basically what this whole transfer boils down to. Yeah. Yes. No, he, yeah. I think that's not, it's, I'm not uncovering anything brand new, but just the more you listen to him talk, the more you listen to uh, even the things that supposedly his dad said, it seems like they were a little, uh, not pissed off, but like you remember the, the, the big story going into last year was uh, Hertz finally came out and said, you know, I didn't hear anything all summer from right, Saban right. and mm-hmm. then everything that went into that. It's just, I don't know. It seems very, basically what I'm saying is it's even more credence to what I think is the Jalen Hurts fuck you tour. And they burned his red shirt for no good reason. Sure. Like, they I, didn't I have think to. As much as he appreciates and loves his time at Alabama, and, you know, I, I don't think he has any ill will towards Alabama at all. But I think there's this little part of him that wants to be like, I want to I want to show you what you you know, basically. Well, he wants to prove that. I mean, it's kind of like. But I don't fault. I don't fault Saban either because I would have played two as well. It's like when you, you know, work for a company and you've worked there forever, and you get passed over for a promotion for you know for some young hotshot. Like, yeah, you want to show them that they made the wrong decision. Yeah. any athlete would want to do that. Sure. So I don't think it's like, I don't think it's just this Jalen Hurts thing. I mean, as much as it, it's very common for this to happen. That's just human nature. I don't care okay. what athlete or not. Yeah. So I'm I'm basically just no, saying what everybody a, knows. Yeah. It's not no, a big okay. conspiracy theory. Okay. No conspiracy theory. But I mean, no, you, you look at but his more numbers. and more that we hear him is what is I guess what I'm trying to say is here's the question. Will at any point will Jalen Hurts and I don't think he will, but would he come out and say anything like kind of a F you? No. It won't happen until Like if he like no. Unless Oklahoma beat Alabama in the national championship game, that's Man, probably the only chance you'd it. have. That's the only chance. And even then, I don't know if he would because I think he's just – he is – you can – I mean, it's obvious again, but he's just wired differently than just about everybody else as far as the way that he handles himself. And in a way, I think it's kind of intriguing and fascinating that somebody in 2019 can operate the way he does. They call him an old soul, Eddie. No, I I completely I don't know how you agree. Feel about that, I don't think he's an old, but he he's definitely an old soul for sure. I don't I'd know. love to have a discussion. We might have to uh, go into the we might have to go into the uh, the lab and look at this one closer. I would love to have a discussion with him about what he thinks about current seven on seven culture. I I don't know. His dad's a coach. Yeah. I think he I think he definitely gets it. I mean, he played 7 on 7. We might need he? to let Josh have that conversation with him. Yes, that's all we need is me screaming at him if he disagrees with me. <laughs> Damn it, you're wrong, Jalen. <laughs> but if he agrees with you, oh boy, that's a that's a bromance that could live forever. That that would seriously some beauty could come out of that because the previous two as much as I like them, those are 7 on 7 guys all day every day. Oh yeah. You know, Baker's from Lake Travis. They they host a state qualifying tournament almost every year. Hell, if Kyler was coming out now in this day and age, holy crap. It would literally be the Kyler Murray 7-on-7 All-Star national traveling team. Oh, my gosh. 
because OU wasn't as involved. Kevin would in probably quali- he he probably turn it into a head coaching job somewhere. Who would? His dad. Yeah. <laughs> because OU wasn't as involved in his recruiting, I still don't think most OU fans understand what a big deal Kyler is in the state of Texas. Like people that really know it think he's probably the greatest football player ever in the state of Texas. Yeah, I mean, I mean you incredible. think about high school it, player. Incredible. I'll say this: if you are older. And just kind of lost touch a little bit. Like, think of, um, I'm trying to think of who would be like the most famous wishbone quarterback. I mean, Jack I mean, Mildred, yeah, obviously. I think that yeah. Jack Mildred might be that guy. Who, um, but that's even older than I was thinking. I was thinking more like, I mean, you know, like Jamel Holloway, um, Turner Gill. Turner Gill, yeah. Um, um, who's the, the, the kid after Sal Anessi at, at Colorado? Oh, uh, Darian Hagen. Darian Hagen, yeah. Yep. I think he was from Banning High School, too. Same place as Jamel. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'll take so Tommy yeah, I mean, Frazier. Well, Tommy Frazier, that's another era, but still. Yep. yep. It's like no, two I mean, years but, after the Colorado. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> You're well, I'm, say, hey, I'm saying different Hagen's era from like Jamel Holloway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hagen kind of bridges the gap. Um. But yeah, no, like, like I said, it, he is it, it like because I mean when other coaches that I, I I know coaches that like can't give anybody credit, and they'll be like that dude was good, like that dude was just something different. Like I mean, and you know what he did in the playoffs his junior and senior year was just incredible. Like that they, they were beaten at least four times, and he just drug them out of nowhere. And I mean and. It's crazy to say that because it's Allen, and they were so good, and they were so talented, and they still are, of course. But, the, I mean, he was – they were a 13-1 and team with him. They were 15-0 and and borderline national champions with him. I mean, he was just that little difference. Darren Hagan was a Heisman Trophy finalist in 1989. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Bob, you condescending ass. What? It's like five years. Five years. Yeah, five's a lot two. different than you two. You did say two, Bob. All right, whatever. I, you know, Bob's been very quiet this pod, and that I, response I, right he's there. He's like legitimately is, pissed right now. He is Bob legitimately, is he's not happy. <laughs> fight. Like, that's the most pissed I've ever seen Bob. He does right, not whatever. like being wrong on stuff. Throw something, Bob. Throw it. I mean, throw it well, at Carrie. Like obviously, notice if he did throw, throw something anything. in here. It's it's either gonna break <laughs> something or hit hit somebody. Yeah, just don't pick up anything really expensive. There's a little battery right there. You can throw that. Um. Anyway, man, that was fun. Get to see pissed off Bob. I'd never seen that before. Old's uh, remembering wishbone quarterbacks has been brought to you by. <laughs> it's not old's. That's just that's history. Ben Gay. I didn't say that Darian Hagen would have been a better quarterback than any of these youngsters today. No, we were talking about Kyler Murray. Um, and I, look, yeah, I mean, I think the thing about this is, though, I mean, like with Jalen Hurts, all this stuff, there's so many games. And by the way, this weekend, my God. What I mean, do you, you get go out from, of playing this weekend? You go from a, an opening weekend that wasn't great but it, it's the same thing. Like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's playing McNeese. Bad state in state. Oh my god! I mean, a bad bad weekend in state. You go from such an exciting opening weekend, both at Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, 
to this? I was I was posed this question, and I really it kind of made me think. At first, I thought this most idiotic thing I've ever heard. Do you think we ever get to a time when a team plays FCS opponent and they just say we're resting the starters this week? Serious question. Like what? The only bad outcome if, that can come from this weekend is Jalen Hurts go out and tears his ACL on the first play of the game. Now, yep. I I don't know if it's going to happen. God, that's like the worst thing that's been said on the podcast today. <laughs> I I banged on wood. Was that was that a knock on wood? Knock if you're on wood if you're with me. Yeah, knock if you're with me. <laughs> so so now you're you're advocating a torn ACL. No, 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 no. You're with I'm, me. I'm saying that's the worst thing that could happen. Do you think there will ever be a time where a Division One program says we got South Dakota coming in? This this list of players isn't playing today. By the way, just quick side note: I know someone in the media who is offended. Because John Gruden used knock on wood incorrectly. Why? Yeah. Why they just they felt be? like it was disrespectful to the, I don't know, what, what do you call that? Uh, acron- it's not an acronym. The language? Like the, no, that's insane to me. The, yeah. I mean, like, to be offended, like he's using knock on, no, he's, he's just, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. It's just a way they can express themselves without talking. It's, it's just yeah, easy, I know it's stupid. You know, we're all together, kind of thing. No, but uh, I mean, Jalen hurts hurting himself. Yeah, that would be all. Or I mean, it's not even Jalen hurts. Like you lose your backup, you lose like uh, your backup center or something. I mean, that's awful. Yeah, against this competition, any type of injury is just terrible because it's a game that, for the, all intents and purposes, shouldn't be played. They should not be playing an FCS opponent. Well, and to I be under, fair, this is the what the fourth FCS and... team that Joe Castiglione has ever scheduled. So it, he doesn't like doing this. It just became a necessity. Sure. But at the same time, is there... I mean, we always talk about things that are broken right in front of our eyes that could be fixed. College football scheduling is one of the most broken things in sports, and we never talk about it. I mean, to... to to have to schedule Clemson for 2035, that's the dumbest thing. Like, form a damn committee. Get get ESPN and Fox and other people involved. Start making some games that make some damn sense. How awesome was Auburn and Oregon on Saturday night? It yeah, was it was awesome. On. But once again, that's not even on campus. Like, yeah, the shit games that people have to buy season tickets for now, when you have so many other options even watching it on television is a great option yeah and OU's for the most part has done that and I I applaud uh Florida State for bringing Boise State in yeah I mean I'm sure that but that was back on it they would have loved to have played Florida A&M yeah but But again that was supposed to be in Jacksonville oh that's right that's right and then the hurricane that was 700 miles away interrupted it so you know that's that makes total sense two words big wind (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I, I don't they've got to do with attendance declining like it is and I don't care if you if you want to make a power five only plays power five thing you've got to do something you've got to eliminate these crap games well I mean they're not going to do it because people lose money out of it but they should go away from the neutral site game yeah I mean and that well, but that's, a, re- play that's more a recruiting thing I mean that's yeah that Jerry has done a good job of attracting teams down there that want to recruit this part of the country and you also have to think about what does it do to the other schools like yeah sure the ncaa's focus is going to be the ou's and the texas's and all that 
but some of these schools are almost completely reliant well, on if you these million-dollar paydays. If you can't survive as a program because uh, you you get paid a million dollars to go get your ass kicked every week for four weeks, you shouldn't be surviving as a football player. I mean, it's charity. No, I don't End think you're it. wrong, but the NCA, if, if you're going to claim like we're about student-athletes, well, they're giving a bunch of guys scholarships. Those scholarships will go away if McNeese State can't field a football team. I'm fine with McNeese State not fielding a football team. Oh, boy. We're going to get a phone call from McNeese State <laughs> Alumni I'm fine with South Dakota not being able to field a – I mean, they're FCS. They're not Mass even in this division. Mass shootings is one thing. You don't mess with McNeese State, buddy. And let's get rid of Title IX while we're at it. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow. That was an add-on. Well, let's make sure it's at Carrie underscore. Not I like am. the not like the the rape. I'm not saying let people rape people. I'm saying Title IX has nothing to do. I mean, it encompasses that. But you're telling me sooner Title IX is scholarship be, thing. Won't That's be what covering uh, women's soccer anytime soon. Boy, I am have just turning off my input. This is bad. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't care if you're if you can't survive without taking million dollar paydays where you get your ass kicked. You shouldn't survive. If I they, know you don't care. You I'm don't, saying the NCA <laughs> is going to have reason to care. What do you think about the idea of bringing schools like that in during the preseason, and you have controlled scrimmages at? OU or Texas or OSU. Yeah, let's, yeah, I'm fine if you want McNeese State to come in and yeah. do a, a spring game oh, a scrimmage idea. or something. Yeah, and if, you or know. a preseason, sure. you know, preseason schedule. Because we all know, like, NFL fans get screwed with preseason games, but I think college football fans would love preseason games. Like, I think it'd be awesome. They're already used to going to intra-squad intra scrimmages that suck. Well, you get your freshman more than enough snaps to decide if you want to play them yeah to see what they can actually do in a game uh you wouldn't have to pay them like eight hundred thousand, like oh you paid uh or is or is paying south dakota you you would give them three hundred thousand. yeah can't take credit well, for it i heard it on a national show but i thought you know that wouldn't be a bad idea no and but i'm i'm with you uh, you know I, what started this whole thing i don't think we ever actually answered eddie I think you're exactly right. At some point, they are going to not play guys, the elite players. Like, Kenneth Murray is going to sit out this week. Ronnie Perkins is going to – like, especially in a, like in this situation that OU's in, Jalen Hurts needs to play. He needs all the reps he can get. Like, you get all that. But you could sit – like, you could get away with sitting CeeDee Lamb. Exactly. Or, like, say this is Baker Mayfield in his third year. Baker Mayfield knows the offense. He does not need to play against South Dakota. Like, you, you can let him have that break. Like, so – you like I, I think it makes a lot of sense because it's not worth the risk. But OU you know what? Start their entire second team and they'd still win this game by three touchdowns. You know what though? I mean, like Tua would not be able to sit out a game chasing the Heisman. That's Trevor fair. Lawrence wouldn't want to sit out a game chasing the Heisman. But if everybody did, I mean, Ceedee Lamb wants to set the single season receiving yards record. He wouldn't want to sit out a game. Well, it'd be tough because he'd kind of go back to what Riley said on Tuesday, just as far as this isn't like college baseball where you get 60 games. Yeah, you only or get 12. college basketball where you get 43 or, or 40. You get 12 games and you get basically, you know, whether how good your team is, you probably break that down into eight games with as many times as you sit out a half at, or, you know, come out yeah. in the fourth quarter or whatever yeah. in a blowout. So 
I I understand both sides of it, but I definitely think that we're going to be at a point where, you know, maybe it's not everybody, but, you know, certainly a guy like Kenneth Mann probably won't play this weekend. Doesn't need to. You wouldn't want to bring him back unless you want to get him some reps before you go to UCLA. Well, I think everybody, they just go in knowing that they're going to kick these guys' ass. Everybody's going to have a limited amount of playing time. And then they'll they'll get rest. Once they're up by 40 or 50, everybody gets off the field. I know we talked about it this morning, Bob, but I think you said that this is a big weekend for Tanner Mordecai. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, who's going to get more snaps, Tanner Mordecai or Spencer Rattler, and what's Mordecai going to do with them? I think this is a great chance for him to solidify himself as the number two quarterback. And I think he's going to see – I don't know if he'll come in in the second quarter. I mean, he could. I'm not sure how they're going to play things and how the score yeah, is I would. Gonna... I would think almost no matter what, Jalen Hurts will play the first half. Because I guess it just depends how many Unless snaps Unless defense gets get. a – I mean, that's the danger here. Defense didn't get any turnovers. They're going to be pissed off. If you get like three defensive scores <laughs> in the first half, sorry, Jalen, but your day's over. So, but yeah, I, if you think Rattler's kind of creep, creeping up on Tanner, this will be his chance to to show in you know whatever setting you want to describe will be Saturday night. At least he'll have a chance to show what he can do. Let me ask you this. Is it weird that – not weird, but isn't it – do you find it interesting – that out of you know we had so much debate about young guys that Jaden Hazelwood is clearly the guy that came out on top of all these young receivers. Yeah, and if it if they were all healthy throughout the entire way, and Jaden's better, yeah. And I don't know if Theo was ever banged up or if Trajan was ever banged banged up, but yeah, I mean Theo Weiss played the last series um, complete mop up duty time and. Trajan Bridges was a receiver for a handful of plays, played more on special teams than anything else. It, it was Hazelwood who made the biggest impact, and I would expect it to be the same Saturday. Do you think we, because we were so regionally connected, yes, almost said absolutely. Theo and Trajan didn't give enough credit? To, I mean, well, we Hazelwood, saw more of them. Jaden Hazelwood, mean, he's top five player in the country. Yeah. Uh, the guys, when I was on the sidelines, when he made that catch in the Army game and it was right dead in front of me, it was very much a he's even better than I thought he was. Like, that play was special. And and I, 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 I was more surprised that Theo seems to be so far behind the other two. That's players. why I'm wondering if he was banged up and we just never knew it. Yeah, I just think physically he's slower. He, he's further behind those guys. Like, Trajan Bridges... I mean, we first saw him in the spring. We were kind of like, "Whoa!" Like he's he's more physical than than these other guys. Now, I think you look at Jaden now, and he's bulked up a little bit, and just I think Jaden has some natural strength too that the other guys don't have, and obviously his just athletic ability is greater than we thought. But Theo just seems like a guy that he seems like a freshman, like a guy that just. He needs some time. I think it probably also just came to him so easy and in a way because he went not, I guess this might be wrong, but because he went to Allen, it just came so easy to him. Um, maybe you have to develop a little bit more dog for lack of better terms in him. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or not. It's I, just the thing. I know what yeah, you're saying. Completely like, projecting. I mean, 
the, the, there's the, like he's never walked onto a campus and really had to compete. He's sure. always the most talented guy, and that was going to be fine. And even at a place like Allen, he stood out. Yes. So I know what you mean. Like, and and I, like I said, I, I think Theo is one of those guys where. Trajan is so slippery and smooth, and it all just looks so easy for him most of the time. Jaden, Jaden's so big in his lower body, so powerfully built for a young receiver. And then Theo, like, you think, and I always talk about this when I'm talking about recruits, like, what's that trait of his that you're like, that makes him special? I think Theo's one of those guys that's really good at everything, but there's not one thing that you'd say, you know what, if he walked out on any field, he could win with that right now. And I that, I would say Theo, of, I mean, he does have elite ball skills. When the ball's in he, the air and, and someone needs to go get it, he is really good at that. That's and and that's true. Like, you know, but I like I said, that's what, jump ball scenarios? I mean, you know, like that's yeah. Those just don't come along very often. So I You don't usually run and, the hey, go out and I'll throw it to you offense. Exactly, exactly. And you know, the <laughs> The thing, the other thing is with you know Theo kind of seeming behind, and Bob brought it up. I think it's kind of telling that he came on late in that game. I I've got to feel he's dog he's earmarked to be a red shirt. Because why would you if you weren't pretty sure? Why would you use one of his four games there? Yeah. I mean, not from mop-up well, duty, he could run anybody out. Just there. not being on special teams is your first clue. Yep, that's true. That's true. But I, I don't know. You got to be so careful. I mean, him being a five star coming in with the other five stars, like that's got a, a sensitive lot of situation. Trust the process already being tweeted among this 2019 class. Yep. Uh, no, that's that's kind of their fault, though, isn't it? Speaking of. Speaking of that group, though, the is guy not their I fault? really liked what is what like fault. setting themselves up to think that they're just going to come in and just automatically be on the field. Do you know any recruit that no, I, says, I can't wait to go to that school for my next five years of my life? 100% agree. But Do you know the guys that say that? Offensive linemen. <laughs> no, that's guys true. the damn team. And yeah. I, I talked to Beatenbow yesterday. I mean, he wants to play Stacey Wilkins. He wants to play uh, EJ Doma Ogar, uh, Marcus Alexander. But it's gonna. I they just. I think they were one touchdown away from getting in that game on Sunday night. Is basically what it boils down. to. They were one touchdown up forty two seventeen from getting into that game. Accurate. Yep. Yep. I I I saw a picture of Stacy on the sideline. He looks like he's put on some good weight. I'm uh I'm yeah, I'm bad. putting together a uh, thread on the board of basically shots of all new guys. So if people want to okay. check that out, uh, you are right though. Stacy Wilkins. Stacy Wilkins is a mountain of a person. Like he makes, and we've made it very clear. It's hard to stand out as a large man among this offensive. Yes, line. <laughs> and he stands out. Just don't stand next to Bray Walker. They're just all so such or big did, guys. Or, yeah, it it it, it almost or kind Darryl of makes you uh, laugh in a way, remembering that like uh, you know Gabe was a tight end coming out of high school and. <laughs> Hear that, you know, Gabe? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm just saying he would. He would agree. He's laughing at you, Gabe. Even Gabe now, he's he's skinny. He's out of the fat boy club. Yeah, he got he out can't, of it really it's fast. It's a disrespect when he even claims that he is. <laughs> he might be a fat boy at heart, though. Oh, he, he you've seen his Instagram food pictures? Yeah, I know. I'm that been telling him he to, needs to delete them. It's 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 that dude has to eat like twenty thousand calories a day still. Say so counting calories. That's for that's for skinny people. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I, I mean, outside of that, I mean, uh, you know, Marcus Major had a little hamstring thing. I, I was excited to kind of get to see him. I would imagine we'll see him against South Dakota as long as he's healthy and ready to go. If not, you're still down to three running backs, and you don't yeah. want to do that too too often. Do we if think you guys Marcus- were going to guess, would you say Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon have more carries or Major and Stevenson? I think the qualifier would be is Major going to suit out. Yeah, okay, let's yeah, it's it's assume Major's healthy. I would say I would go with Stevenson and Major. You know what? I'm going to say Brooks because Brooks needs some work. But it's Brooks and Sermon. So you think he's going to get I think 20 carries? Brooks would get enough carries to carry right. he and Sermon over the Brooks other just two. had 4. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's got to get out. There. I mean, they are easing him back. Like he is it's clear he's not quite in football shape yet. Like My, South Dakota could be the game to really help him get over that hump. Everybody wants to talk about Jalen Hurts and rightfully so, but I think we talked about it on the pod, on the postgame pod was I thought Trey Sermon looked incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask if you guys brought that up cuz he looks I, you know, and I remembered it was some interview, and I, I can't remember which one of you was conducting it, but you were talking to Jay Bulware, and he was talking about he'd lost a little weight, mm-hmm. and he, everything looked better. Boy, it showed. I mean, he looked much quicker and just twitchier, and it just it, – it, that first run, I thought for a second he was actually going to pop that. Oh, I did too. I mean, he just – everything about him just – he almost looks like a little bit of a new runner. Like, he's kind of changed his – Style. If he you does will. that thing where he sticks his foot in the ground and and you know gets a guy lean and you it was know. The, it was the jump cuts that uh, Bowler was talking about, wasn't it, Josh? Yeah, I believe you're right, and that's and that is an elite trait of his. He is really good at those jump cuts. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice him being overly patient. Like he it seems like he's kind of got that under control a little bit. And maybe it was just because the stuff they were asking him to do, kind of some tosses and stuff like that. More so, but yeah, I mean, it, it, he was headed towards a really big day, but then Jalen Hurts just kind of stole the show. I mean, stole the football. That's what I keep from saying. Everybody that Hurts is going to take a lot of touchdowns away from yeah. Sermon and Brooks. Yeah, he is. I mentioned it to him yesterday. Kind of laughed about it until Sermon. In, in, <laughs> until that is until Hurts gets like a sore rib or something. When and when you should go. What, what's you, that? You should ask Trey like every three weeks and like chronicle his responses as the season goes on. Like the first week, like, oh, yeah, it's funny. And then like week 10, he's got three touchdowns. He's like, mother. F-. You know, Trey, a report said that you, you lost 2,000 bucks last week when he scored three times inside the five. You know what this reminds me of, Trey? You ever heard of Booby Miles? You're not getting the ball, man. Hey, Trey, um, did you know that uh, Jeremiah Hall is setting a new pace for touchdowns by a fullback as well? You know, we thought that the greatest bet of all time, which I don't think would have been the greatest bet of all time, was uh, OU Alabama last year if we would have put the company money on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could all retire if we would have taken Jeremiah, Jeremiah Hall, Hall and the props. First as touchdown. Far, yeah, the first touchdown he of the year. He almost had the first two touchdowns of the year. If he hadn't fallen down or if... You know, Hertz had thrown the ball a little bit better. One of the two. I mean, that was the hey, most surprising Tony's thing listening. of all time. Oh, no, she turned it off after I disparaged earlier, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> she just fast forwards when you or I talk. That's fine. She loves Bob and Josh. She went after me pretty good on Twitter. She was oh, happy she? with me. What'd yeah. you do? 
Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. It was like the first time. I don't it think came it takes up. much. No, no. And I mean, because I was the one that responded to her when she was like, "Alabama fans can afford T-shirts or something." And I was like, "No, we're not talking to you. Let it go." Anyway, uh, okay. So recruiting wise, three eyeball emojis. One has been revealed. Josh, would you like to fill everybody in on uh, what's happening there? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how far we've all gone as far as, you know, kind of on the board. I haven't read, you know, everything Bob has put up so far. But I know, of, you know, <clears throat> for the clarity, excuse me, of oh course boy. I get something in my throat. Uh, Anton Harrison has. Your throat. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Maybe hair from all I shaved off. I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah. Anton Harrison um, was the first eyes from Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, Sunday afternoon. Not the first to be revealed, but the first that committed to Lincoln. Yes, yes. Monday. I'm sorry. I Monday. said Sunday. Yes. Definitely Monday. Monday. It was Monday afternoon. I, the whole, that whole weekend has thrown me off. I posted Monday notes on Tuesday. It's been a bad week. Um, but, yeah, he was the first set of eyes. And, I, you know, it's a. I, I'm surprised because I know – that he was expecting to take visits to Michigan and Penn State. He had a lot of other plans he was expecting to make. And when uh, Adam Friedman, our uh, you know, mid-Atlantic analyst, kind of contacted him last night, sent me the audio of their interview, it just sounded like he got there and was like, this is perfect. Like, I don't want to wait around. I didn't want to, you know, I think Oklahoma had let him know we've got one, maybe two spots, man, and that's it. And if you're not on board, then, you know, there's a good chance you'll lose it. And I think he just said, I don't, this is not an opportunity I want to miss. So I, I, I want to be part of this class. And I went back and watched his tape. Like, I, you know, I saw him with Eddie at the five star challenge and I, I liked him. He didn't jump out to me as a dominant guy, but I thought, okay, it's a good player. Going back and watching his tape, that's a potentially very good find for Bill Biedenbow. I mean, not only is he 6'5, 330. But he is really light on his feet. Like I, I almost wonder if he's one of those guys at six five and his shoes are like a size ten or something. Like he moves around really easily on his feet for a guy that size. So I kind of, like I said, I, I just came away more impressed with his athleticism than I had remembered being in Atlanta. So now you move in the second set of eyes. Um, I set it on the board. Oklahoma's continuing to get bigger. I, you know, it's it's going to be, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley said it well. It's a big day. And kind of capitalizing the big. There, there's there's more size coming. Number three, I, I, I again, you have to be so careful of what you say here. But again, it, it's a Oklahoma landing a guy at a need position that they've been targeting for a while. And I I expect all three of these to probably be public by maybe this time next week. I know there's some graphics being made. I know in one case there's a video going through. So. You know, anytime a video comes up, God knows how long it could take. But I, I, I don't think this is a deal like the Jonah Monheim situation where two months later we're, we're all still, you know, kind of dangling the cheese in front of fans trying to say, hey, it's, it's coming, it's coming. I think these will happen pretty fast. I have a question. And this is – is someone out there, you want to make like a really good Twitter account? Here's the idea for you. What is what is the most successful college player that ever had a commitment reveal video? Because I can remember a lot of flameouts, but I can't remember a whole lot of successes. Well, Adrian Ely had one, so I hope he's hoping you're not. His wrong. was with Bleacher Report, right? Yes, uh -huh. it, was. it was. With a national it was. company, not like a yokel. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bleacher Report, like, they had, like, I remember it was, like, they did it like it was uh, Goodfellas. Like, took Reservoir them to the back dogs. alley and everything. Or was it Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs. Yep. And, and they would do themes like that that were kind of, you know, like, whether you thought it was hokey or not. Like, it was kind of They had the one fun. Notre Dame kid that pulled the bus to reveal who's Notre Dame. Central Florida. Park. Oh, so there's what was that guy's name? Parker Boo Boo, Boo uh, Boudreaux. Boudreaux. Yeah, Boudreaux. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He looked like um, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jr. Just Mike's, needs to contact him and get it over with. That guy's destined to be in the <laughs> WWE at some point. The thing about Ely, because I talked to him right after it, he had no clue what that movie was. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes, he had no. He they suggested it to him. Like, yeah, all right, sure. No clue. So he had no idea, like, how cool or not cool it was. Correct. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, that's always kind of... I mean, R.J. Henderson well, I, did one. I always... <laughs> he needs to do one for uh, his announcement wherever, the Jacksonville State. Now. Jacksonville State. I always think it's the uh, the crazy person is the person that actually watches it. I mean, everybody hey, just goes right to the to end, To the end, right? yeah, that's all you do. That's all I ever do. Like, I, I would just be putting even that, the, editing once, that together and thinking, God, everybody's just going to fast forward to the 30-second moment. Yes. You can put whatever you want in, in between. Well, get your I mean, after really effects wants to watch out. guys working out? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sit here and watch this after effects tutorial and come up with this really cool special effect. No, nobody cares. We they will just fast have a candidate. Spencer Rattler had one done by... Arizona team. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So if he can, he could be the best. He materializes. To ever have it done. Mm-hmm. Did Tate Martell sure. have one? Justin Fields. See, we're kind of what they kind of invoke 2016 and on, but they weren't. Yep. You don't know who who took advantage of it the most. I think say now. There's definitely some guys that we just don't remember because we didn't really cover them that yep. much. So I mean, there's there's going to be dudes that. That I'm sure are good players. But, like, uh, you know, like, Delarian Turner yelled, just let us do a video, a, an interview video with yeah. him to announce his commitment. And I got to tell you, I, like, can, I can tell you why those things are always late. Eddie says it's easier now, but, like, to get a video onto a kid's phone so he can post it on Twitter is, like, one of the most mind-numbing afternoons you will ever spend. That is, it's not the greatest news when a kid hits me up. It's like, hey, can you send me my highlights that you got from the game last weekend? Yeah. 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 Because, like, I owe it to them. Like, I, I'll not, I'm not going to say no, but I'm like, God, like, I know where it's going to go. We've done it enough times now that I'm like, this is not going to be fun. I don't want to do this. A couple, a couple shots are fine. Putting together, like, a, a, uh, not even putting together, but sending electronically through a phone, unless you have a server or something. Yeah is it's not, nearly impossible yeah. because you got to jump the, through so many hoops and the file sizes on those are just so big yeah nobody's really come up with first an world, easy way to do that first yet. world problems shark, the, i know what i'm gonna shark, be yeah shark tank absolutely yeah you figure out a way to do that you won't have to work very long how to send high school recruit videos to the recruits if you figure out how to do that you will have vcs barking at your door where you will spend years developing a product that never makes any money and eventually fails. Cubes is buying, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that show. I just know he's on it. I love that show. I love it. Yeah. See, Bob and I can't agree on something today. We're friends again. We finished that. the pod. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't. Hagen, uh, Bob, ended, Bob, Bob, Hagen yeah. ended 91. <laughs> Frazier started 92. <laughs> 
as the Big Eight Freshman of the Year. You know how long he spent the entire pod just researching it in his phone because he was so mad. I was like, I know. I didn't give a shit. I just said, I just saw 89 Heisman finalists. Yeah. And all I could think of was 95. Uh, was was the last year? What that's their last championship, right? Yeah, with the Frazier ninety five, yeah. and they beat Florida. Yes, H- Hagen was a Heisman finalist as a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, that's that had cool. to be well, a big according deal. According to Wikipedia, oh, <laughs> Wikipedia could be. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wikipedia, probably, I probably put that in there just to piss Bob off. <laughs> you edited it, didn't you? <laughs> I don't have Wikipedia editing privileges. Bob goes back and checks, and all of a sudden, Darian Hagen graduated in 87. <laughs> I told you, Bob. He was there before Jamel Holloway. Oh, God. Um, okay, so, the, I mean, the, the eyeball emojis come out of it, but I know you've got a whole news and notes section, Josh, that you've been tracking. Mm-hmm. What else is interesting that you've learned uh, from this weekend that's not too premium? You know, I, I think today our guy, uh, Chad Simmons, talked to Philip Webb, the Rivals 100 linebacker oh, yeah. from Georgia that came in. Sounded really positive, and, and Phillip's hit me up a couple times. We've talked a little bit, but he and Chad have a good relationship, so I kind of let him run that show. But I I, I got the impression that, that Oklahoma, you know, is involved there. Like, I, I still think it's going to come down to Auburn and Alabama, and it'll probably be Auburn. Uh, due to his connection to the university. But Oklahoma made made a run at him this weekend. I think he really liked what he saw. I talked to him about you know him and a few of the other recruits really I think really the defense felt different to them. You know, this this looks like something I would want to be part of. I'd want to play in that group. Um and I thought it was more telling when I would talk to the defensive lineman about it and kind of pivoting to another player Trayvon Ribka is a guy came in a Kentucky commitment four star guy from Tennessee that committed about a month ago to uh, Kentucky over his home state, Tennessee, and looking like a pretty good choice right now. But it was surprising to me when it happened anyway. Could it just, you know, you, you wouldn't expect it to go that way. But when I talked to people coming into the weekend, I, I was told he's going to take the visit, but there is zero chance he's going to Oklahoma, just none. Like it was just written off as that's not even possible. It's a courtesy and, visit, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he's just going to go take a trip. Like, you know, he and Calvin Thibodeau, have been involved for a long time. OU is one of his first major offers. So, I mean, there, there's a connection there. It made some sense. But I, I talked to some people after the visit, and I still haven't heard anyone say, oh, he's going he's gonna to flip. Like, it's going to happen. He, he's going to go to Oklahoma. But I had several people say, including a couple of recruits that were around him, that he loved it. Like, he really was having a great time. Everything went really well. They impressed his, you know, him, his family. Like, everybody just enjoyed it. But the thing I got is it would always kind of end with, but I don't know that he'll go that far from home. And so I think that's probably what's going to end up being the, the roadblock for Oklahoma here, but they've given themselves a puncher's chance. He really liked the visit. It's just now he, he's probably never going to get to Oklahoma again and Kentucky and Tennessee and some of the other sec schools can kind of, you know, uh, I guess round the wagons and kind of, you know, start to, lock him back up again and, and that's why i asked riley about how big of a gamble it was because and he mentioned the buckeyes game that's exactly what i was thinking about and they brought in marvin wilson jeffrey okuda guys that you God, thought that seems so long ago guys man. you thought they didn't have a chance unless they would have played well and instead they lost 45 24 and you knew the door had closed in fact the only two they got the uncommitted recruits from that visit were ely and Jakare Daly. 
All the other top names that they brought in never looked at the Sooners once again. Where this weekend, you look at Ripka, he would he's not the same player as Marvin Wilson. I'm not saying that. Sure. But it's the same situation where you think they don't stand a chance, but you're able to change his mind when you're actually on the visit. Well, and, you know, the uh, the good news is for Oklahoma on that trip, Jeff Akuda's gone on to Ohio State and having a really nice career there. Yeah, he's so, done absolutely know, that, nothing at this point, has he? Oh, no, he's going to be like a oh, yeah. no, first I, round pick. I watched Ohio yeah. State's game yeah. on the off he's, week, and he was all over the TV screen. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And they got and him Marvin, playing corner, Marvin's too. Marvin's coming along. Like, we yeah, thought oh, he was yeah. a safety, mm-hmm. and he's playing corner for Ohio State. Well, I mean, I remember talking to the staff at the time, and there was a very real Jalen Ramsey comparison. Like, we could put him at corner, we could put him at safety, we'll put him wherever. Like, he's just that good, it, it'll work itself out. Well, I'm sure they're getting a lot of Jalen Ramsey's at Texas Tech now. Hey, and throwing salt on or not on the wound or gas on the fire, Josh Proctor had a pick for Ohio State. Over I know, the weekend. yeah, nice one too. And they're like, and like, and they, and it was Joel Klatt, and he's like, yeah, highly rated guy from state of Oklahoma. And I'm like, oh, I hope another oh, yeah. fans are watching this. Yeah, they're they're just cussing at Joel Klatt. Right yeah, now. let's face it, like- the the triumvirate of uh, Okuda, Proctor, and then. Um, Dax. Dax Hill, Dax Hill. I mean, boom, I don't boom, know boom. that there's ever been a you know more of a knife to the heart. When you combine fans. it with what Will Sunderland did off the field, oh. it just took away the entire position. Which just those three and Trey Brown could be OU starting secondary right now. <laughs> I mean, we like, wouldn't need two I mean, of them. We wouldn't need yeah. two Trey Browns. It, it's not a yeah. like I, I I wouldn't call it likely. But it's not that far fetched. Josh Proctor probably should be at Oklahoma. Dax Hill. Dax Hill's okay. probably the more the, the most far fetched. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If Oklahoma could have beaten Ohio State, I think they changed that whole narrative with Akuda because he really wanted to like right. Oklahoma. You needed a reason. You didn't give him. Mm-hmm. One. By the way, what's Browning doing in Ohio State? Anything? <laughs> I think it, he's he was, a starter. He's a starter. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think he's been as dominant. Yeah, I never as, saw his frankly, name called when I was watching yeah. or anything. I only watched the yeah. first two series. Which, I mean, if you want to talk about building a linebacker like that kid, I thought he was destined to be a star. I did, too. I did, too. And I can tell you one member of our board is, I'm going to hear about it on the pod. Uh, Jaw will let me know. Because he told me over and over, he's like, we played this kid in district. He's not that good. He's not that good. And I'm like, he's absurdly talented. 6'3", could run. He was covering running backs all over the field. Like, I... I, I thought Baron Browning, probably other than Akuda, was the safest pick in that group that year from Texas that was just ridiculously good. So, Josh, looking ahead to this weekend, I'm blanking. You can help me out here. Who is the elite kid that's coming in? Uh, Alfred Collins. That's it. There you go. Yeah. He'll be in this weekend for official. As far as I know, he's the only one because this really wasn't you know, it was last weekend. That was supposed to be the big visit weekend. Why this is a big deal with Collins is he's leaving Austin on the weekend of the LSU Texas game. So he doesn't get all that. He doesn't get inundated with all that craziness and all that, you know, oh, it's great environment. And if Texas wins, he's not there to be swept up and all that. So that's good for Oklahoma. And obviously with it being South Dakota weekend, they can just pour attention on to him. They, they, they can love him up and make sure he and mom feel as comfortable as they could ever want to. And I, I, Alfred is a guy that Texas is clearly the favorite. That, that's the most likely destination for him. 
But I do get the impression he is open to what others have to say. I don't think he's done. I don't think it's anything like that. I I think he something could happen. I think it's unlikely, but I, I do think Oklahoma can turn him around. I do think he's a guy that's big on relationships. So if Alex Grinch can connect with him and Lincoln Riley can, I know Lincoln talks to him already, but if they can further those relationships, maybe OU shocks the world with him. Josh, you watched him in a scrimmage setting a few weeks ago. Where where would he fit? He's he's that three technique guy. He he's gonna play. He's gonna slide inside. Uh, he could play some four eye if that's what you wanted to. Last year, I, I was like, man, I don't even know if he's a strong side end in Oklahoma scheme. And I went and saw him this year. I bet he put on 25, 30 pounds. He just looked like a different guy. And they have him. What was funny is last year he was playing nose tackle for them at high school at like 250 pounds. And now he's like 275, 280. And they've moved him back out to end to kind of protect his knees and make sure he doesn't have any serious injuries or anything, which is, you know, a pretty, pretty big league move by the high school staff there. But, um, I, I I think Alfred Collins has maybe as much potential as any defensive lineman OU's involved with. Maybe maybe excluding Tyler Barron, but in that same kind of vein, uh, Alfred is every bit of six foot five and some change, two hundred and eighty pounds. Runs really well. He's very twitchy. He's 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 a good rusher at defensive end. But you move him inside and let him get upfield, he's dangerous. I mean, he could really. He could be one of those guys that even as a freshman, kind of like Stripling and uh, and Redmond and Perkins last year, that you kind of have trouble keeping him off the field. All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? South Dakota coming up. Pay-per-view. Uh, don't be a poor. Don't don't gripe at Joe Castiglione on Twitter about how you don't want to pay for pay-per-view. Josh, where are you going this week? Me and Eddie will see Brendan Walker in a real live game setting, McGinnis versus Dell, Dell City, Friday night. And, of course, Dell City's got a couple of interesting 2021 guys themselves. So Tatum's little brother and that, that, yep. that crew. Don, and yep. Donovan, Donovan Stevens. Yep, yep. yep. I mean, and like I said, those guys with the way OU's doing things differently on defense, I, Stevens is a he's an interesting guy to me. I, Tatum, I don't know. We'll have We'll have to see what – kind of bad blood exists there I, I don't really know how that'll go um but for me i will tomorrow night is still kind of in flux i have sent contacts out to two different schools and i'm just kind of deciding i can either go see richmond foster and reuben fathery and cody jackson and they're going to take on fort ben travis uh, formerly of rj henderson the fighting rj hendersons um they have a wide receiver that's committed to uh, penn state and parker washington uh a corner that I kind of like that I think would be a good, you know, I could kind of get a good look at Cody Jackson there. And then on the other side is LJ Johnson, the running back uh, offer from Cypress, Texas that I've never seen in person. And obviously I've seen Cody and Ruben several times. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet tomorrow, but obviously the highlight of my weekend is I'm on Atlanta uh, on Friday. I'm going to go to Atlanta and see Brock Vandegrift uh, in a game for the first time. I've seen him in camp settings. I've seen him in, you know, some other stuff, but this is the first time I've actually seen him in a live game, and they're playing one of their bigger games this season against uh, Wesleyan. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm really anxious to see him in that setting because as good as he was as camp were on at the five-star challenge, I'm expecting him to look a lot more at home in this scenario because I think that suits his game better. All right. Well, uh, South Dakota coming up. If you don't want to pay for it, uh, we will have a post-game podcast for you. Uh, Eskridge Lexus uh, is back in town. 
uh, are back on board uh, to sponsor our post-game podcast. Uh, so we certainly appreciate them. Uh, we are now on Spotify. We're on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, SoundCloud, any of those. Go and subscribe to the post-game. Just look up Oklahoma Sooners post-game, and it'll take you right to the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast. But uh, like just like last weekend, we... Uh, uh, did one right after the game. It was up uh, early hours of the morning, but when you get up on Sunday morning this time, you'll have a post-game podcast. Our thoughts immediately after the game is over. Uh, so check that out. Also, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, uh, do so and also leave some comments. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, rating and in, in, in review is always a good little segment when we do it as well. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back again next week, and uh, we'll be back this weekend with the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast. So until next time, thanks to Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo, and uh, I'm Kerry Murdoch, your host. We'll see you next week.